Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Everyone, this is Allison Kay, and we are here today to talk about retail transformation. And what I absolutely love about our guest is he has been on both sides of the coin, meaning he is a longtime uh, retailer and he's going to tell us all about his story, but he is also a huge, huge disruptor in the mattress industry. And we are going to hear his whole story. So, welcome to the program, Ron Rudson, who is the founder of Sadfa. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. So, Ron, give us a little background on what we should know to get us started. Uh, sure. So, um, I've been in the home furnishings industry uh, for my life. Um, and in 2008, I recognized uh, the mattress industry um, had uh, developed a very bad reputation for itself uh, in regards to uh, the shopping experience. It was being compared to, you know, uh, buying a used car. Uh, you, people couldn't comparison shop. Uh, manufacturers would sell to multiple retailers in one region, making it impossible. They would just change the stitching, so you couldn't really understand the value of one to the other when you went from store to store. Um, phony sales, things of that nature. And um, I had known from being in the home furnishings industry that the highest margin item in home furnishings was the luxury mattress. Uh, so I decided to attack it. Um, obviously, e-commerce was becoming um, more and more, uh, you know, to the forefront of everyone's thinking uh, at that time. And I kind of put it together saying, wow, you know, let me let me find out what we can do here in this in this space, uh, knowing that e-commerce was 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 building and, and people were buying more and more items, even highly considered items like mattresses. Well, they, they, they would buy mattresses, not just shoes like Zappos. So I went out and I did a, um, a raw materials analysis of the top selling luxury mattresses in the country. And those are like the Stearns and Foster Euro Pillow Tops and Simmons Beauty Rest, which are fantastic mattresses. Uh, I take nothing away from them. Just, you know, they cost, let's just say, a queen size about 2500 And when I did the analysis, I realized that I can sell a product of that quality. Uh, online without brick and mortar expenses, no commercial rents, no uh, insurance, less less employees, and I could sell them for about a thousand dollars less. Um, I was also able to fit in a, a nice green initiative, which is something that's kind of like an etho fasadfa. Um, so we use bio-based foams, recycled steel, uh, antimicrobial organic cotton for its cover or in its cover. Uh, so uh, it was it was it was ripe for disruption. So I went out and I um, put a team together, and uh, here we are, ten years later, doing you know over four hundred million dollars, highly profitable. Well, Ron, uh, I, I want yeah, yeah, I want to interrupt you because I want our audience to yeah. know. Um, well, yeah. one, I, I do have to say that yeah, I we we think the mattress industry is a little sus. We I'm from Chicago, and there's so many mattress stores on corners, like the same store title on opposite corners of the intersection and so being from chicago we're like that's a mob front like we're, we're convinced these are mob fronts. <laughs> so we're just so happy that somebody like you has come along to shake up the industry and i want our listeners to know that at, at one point you ranked 101 on inc's 
list of the top 500 retailers for the year, um, that you've been the fastest growing major direct-to-consumer mattress brand between 2019 and 2021. And so you, I want to go back to this beginning because, you know, I've read things that you're on pace this year for a $500 million year. And so let's just go back because did people around you when you first came up with this concept and you said, we, we can do this differently, think you were just a little crazy? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, back in 2010, when I launched, it's not like it is today. Um, you know, first, people, when they think online, they think mattress, they think bed in a box. We're, we're nothing like that. You know, bed in a box, you know, is where they break down the cells. They, they crush a mattress and put it into a small box of doorstep delivery. I never wanted to do that. Uh, and there are companies that are doing it, but we we really went out. You know, my 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 background's logistics and manufacturing, so we have 19 factories that build for us. I have 150 in-home white glove delivery installation partners throughout the country. So we do in-home white glove delivery. We take out the debris, we take out your old mattress, and we wanted to give the consumer a luxury experience. Uh, yeah, but you know, in 2010, nobody was doing what we were doing. Uh, in 2015, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Casper. They launched. Mm-hmm. They, they put a big splash. In other words, um, you know, uh, they did a lot of advertising and it was about buying this bed in a box online, something that we weren't doing. But my team felt so great that they were launching because, you know, I believe in rising tides. Right. So, um, you know, anybody who's telling people that they can buy a mattress online with a home trial is also smart because you can't always tell just from a five minute tryout in a store how a mattress is going to uh, feel, uh, how you're going to sleep on it. So the home trial was was, was our idea in 2010. So uh, my, my CTO, my co-founder, Chris Brower, called me and said, this is great for us because he said, um, you know, anybody who wants to come online and sell mattresses, they're going to do it like Casper because, you know, it's a bed in a box is easy mm-hmm. rather than setting up manufacturing all over. Uh, you know, we, we sell luxury mattresses in every in every category. We've curated, you know, the best mattress, uh, premium mattress um, in the classic in a spring, ultra premium memory foam. We have latex hybrid. We have um, a pure latex with all natural bed. Uh, we do an HD for heavier folks, a uh, youth bed, a flippable youth mattress, luxury youth mattress. Uh, we also do a customizable air with 50 settings. So having this manufacturing prowess and delivery network allows us to really serve the premium customer. And that was that was our mark. And we've stayed very true to it. And uh, yes, we are on pace this year to do approximately 500 million. Um, again, we do it profitably. Um, so it's, it's been a really exciting ride, but, you know, there are some great companies out there. Um, uh, and, and, and today, uh, a lot of the folks online have, have done a good job. Um, you know, uh, like I said, when Casper launched, they had 170, uh, companies that did exactly what they did. And that's why a lot of them have failed, lost a lot of mm-hmm. money, um, and are struggling to find their way. 170 tried to duplicate Casper? Yep, exactly. And if you can wow. look online, that, is a, that, is a, that might be a low number. Because there's little bed in the box companies and every it's just an easy thing to do because there you know a lot of them are just you know uh, the, these folks that kind of just did you know they they they, they figured they tell a story online but get a cool logo and start marketing it you know what we did is something more deliberate you know I really set the business up I, I knew I wanted to have a, a national manufacturing base I knew I had to get close to the customer it was a mindset of mine uh, and a skill set of mine. 
Uh, also, I believe in, uh, I'll, I'll make you laugh here, what I call cross-generational management. I have, uh, I have uh, one partner older than me, and I have uh, two that are younger than me, way younger, uh, without gray hair. <laughs> but uh, on, on a personal note, I wouldn't invest in any company today that has all old people in it. I wouldn't uh, invest in any company that has all young people. It has to have cross-generational yeah, management. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, because because the experienced, you know, slightly older folk have experience. They've been through the wars. They they know the accidents that can happen that the younger folks just don't know. And then the older folks really don't know the language today and how to kind of communicate to the consumer, whether it be through, you know, social SEO, paid search, um, you know, YouTube. All, there's all different ways of communicating through podcasts. There's just well, so much going on today that that you just need the combination of both. And we have it. Yeah, and I think, Ron, that's where I want to I want to go next, because you can't talk about, you know, you launched a brand that required um, quite a bit of capital. I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, company founders, and they all have um, so many riveting business models. But you you have a business model that that takes capital, takes manufacturing. How did you go about, you know, when we talk about e-commerce the first, you know, what were those initial marketing strategies and, and where's your, your go-to? I say when you, you market and brand, you need to find where the, you know, you need to know where your digital natives are hanging out to reach them. Um, sure. So what's been some of that approach? Sure. We've been, uh, you know, we, we feel we're the best at it. It's our, it's our skill set as a company. We're performance marketers first. And we felt that, uh, you know, in the early days, you know, I have so much respect for, you know, Tempur-Pedic Sealy, you know, tempers like, you know, the Rolex, uh, they've done a great job with their brand. Um, you know, they get customers to spend $4,500 for their products so they can be in every channel. Uh, really, no one else can do that. We, would, we So we had to do something, you know, completely different. And um, I actually, you know, in the early days, I didn't want to do any PR our first two or three years as I was getting the business set up. I was always very confident in what we were doing. But to your point before, you know, obviously I have friends that thought I was crazy, right? <laughs> and I just said, no, they need a home trial. But, um, you know, our our feeling is, um, you know, we put ourselves in this in, incredible position to uh, do performance marketing, not do a lot of PR. No one knew, knew who we were early. Um, and, and even to this day, I don't spend money wildly or inefficiently, right? In 2010, there were basically 0% of people buying mattresses online. And today, it's upwards of about 21%. That's of that's of $20 billion. So that's a lot of business that have, that's come online. But still, it's only 21%. So for a company mm-hmm. like mine to go out and do, you know, what I call out-of-market advertising, right? Uh, market to customers that are not in market. Uh, it's very costly, right? If you're going to run a tele, uh, you know, a television commercial or, or or have a billboard somewhere, and so and 98% of the people that drive by it don't need your product. It's expensive, so uh, we 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 really just became co- a company that was that 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 created this skill set of performance marketing. When people came in market, we're the best at that. And um, so today, as now we are at this, you know, four or five hundred million dollar level, we are now so prepared. To go out, we have the complete infrastructure of the business set up. We are performance marketing uh, experts. So us going out now and showing Satva.com on billboards and on commercials and in podcasts, when they come on, we know how to 
capture that customer now online probably better than anyone. So, uh, and now, um, you know, we'll be entering what I call the retail transformation, which I know we'll, we'll speak about, where we start to um, open up our viewing rooms in each city in the country. So we'll talk about that also, I'm sure, going forward. But that, yeah, actually, that's- yeah. We, can, we can go there because I, I am aware, um, I, I, I am going to apologize. I like to pause and um, tell people, if they're near a computer, what your website is to go take a look as we talk. So what's the website they should be looking at? Satva.com, S-A-A, T as in Tom, V as in Victor, A, Satva.com. And so when you go there, uh, you can see that there are some showing, there there are some uh, showcase rooms. And tell us where those are at and, and what that experience is. Sure. Well, we just uh, opened up our first uh, viewing room in New York in December of 2019. It's been wildly successful. It's probably the highest grossing per square foot mattress store in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, um, we've created, the thought was we're, we're entering a retail transformation. So as I just started to describe for your business listeners here, people who might own businesses, right? They know that um, out of market, people who are out of your market, you know, to see your ads is very, very costly. So again, we, st- we stayed very much close to the performance marketing aspect, grab them when they're in market. We did a great job doing that. But today I want to start really expanding the brand and getting brand recognition and brand awareness. Um, you know, if we had, let's just give you an idea. Uh, if we had the brand awareness of some of these other companies that have spent wildly and lost a ton of money, uh, yeah, we might be doing a billion dollars in revenue, but not having the infrastructure and, uh, the profits that we do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I took a slower pace, a more deliberate pace. So now when we open up our viewing rooms, our viewing rooms, they're kind of, um, they're these luxurious warm spaces that show all of our products. You know, you'll see 17 or 18 beds, all our different comfort levels, heights. We're also in the upholstered bed business. Uh, but next, you know, even though they're luxurious and warm and nice, they also have great technology. There's an iPad next to every product. So you really don't even need a salesperson when you come in. All the information is right next to every product that we have. We partner with Samsung. So there's great screens in there to give you great images of, of, of what our products look like and details about the product. Um, and the concept of the retail transformation and my first company, um, you know, I opened up 219 stores across the country and I know the ills and pains of owning that many stores uh, where you, you know, you have rents due every 30 days, um, uh, insurance problems, all those kinds of things. So uh, with today, when you're an e-commerce first business, and this is where really where I talk about the, the retail transformation, when you're an e-commerce first business, you can have a retail footprint that is very small, very tight. You don't need to have a store today, like in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, specialty retailers would think that they needed a store in every in every town, on every corner. And today, you just don't need that. Today, you can be a little more patient because I have the e-commerce capabilities of driving my consumer. And if you tell your story properly, they'll, they'll drive 30, 40 miles to come see you. you and, and a company like ours, we can afford to be on the best streets in the best towns where we convert best. So, for instance, we're on Post Street in San Francisco. Uh, we're on Melrose uh, and San Vicente in Los Angeles, the best corner in Los Angeles. We're on 57th and 3rd in Manhattan. Uh, we're on 14th Street in Washington, D.C. We're opening up in Lincoln Park uh, near your hometown uh, in Chicago. And we're opening up mm-hmm. on Newberry Street. Uh, that'll all be in this quarter. Um, so that's the start of the retail transformation for Safa. And what it allows us to do, what I find to be 
the most exciting part about it. It's one that the, on a four wall basis, these viewing rooms do tremendous, the closing rates off the charts because they see us online, then they come to this room. And as I told my team, we have to exceed the consumer's expectation. And we do, when they walk in, the product exceeds expectation, the experience exceeds expectation, no one's ever pressured. You can do your own shopping or you can talk to one of our staff members that that's working there. But the most important, I'm sorry, I just I want to say one more say, thing. Yeah, I was going to say, Ron, this, I love how you're talking about the, the way that you put your pieces in order. And and what I loved when I when I went online and, and really explored is I could pick up what you were saying about these viewing rooms. And I know, I don't know if all my listeners know, you know, there's a high-end brand restoration hardware and you go to a restoration hardware store and they've really upped their game over the years. And it's like you said, it's like a destination experience. And, and I could pick up right away what you were saying is I'm like, wow, this is like a cross of an Apple store where you can see everything, have the technology with it, but with more of that luxury experience, but, but Ron, without those ultra luxury prices, because I went, this is actually affordable. If you figure how much you're going to sleep on your mattress and how many years you're going to have it. But I loved that it was, you know, not just the mattress, just slap down. Here's your mattress. You have this, like you said, you have these, all these headboards. So I explored the headboards and you explore the sheets and you explore. And, and so I could, I can completely understand what you're talking about, about the direction of the business model. Yeah, well, bringing up restoration is a great thing. I have a lot of respect for restoration hardware, uh, just that they're so focused on their brand and how how they elevate uh, the consumer when they come in. And that's kind of what we wanted to do, and we believe we created that brand-elevated feel. Uh, but imagine walking into, let's say, the restoration hardware on 9th Avenue in Manhattan, which I think is the nicest furniture store ever built. <laughs> I haven't been to that one. I've been to the one on Oak Brook here in Chicago. You're all gorgeous. The one in Manhattan, I've just never seen anything like it. Um, but imagine walking in and every sofa was $1,500. What would their closing rate be? And that's basically what's happening in our viewing rooms because our viewing rooms have that same feel. They're much smaller, obviously, but that is the feel that they have. So we're giving that brand uh, elevation um, feel to the consumer when they walk in. And then you're right. The price is for a premium customer, which is the $1,000 plus. We're really attainable. And the reason is, is that we're so efficient in the way we have marketed um, we keep a very tight retail uh, footprint where we don't have, you know, so we were able to take the original concept of that Simmons Beauty Rest or that Stearns and Foster Europe Pillow Top, which are fantastic beds. They sell for 2500 Then those are the right prices. Just that the way we sell is just more efficient. And we believe you can get the same quality bed for like $1,000 less. And that's basically what we're, that's what we're trying to um, uh you know, show you when you walk into the showroom and people see it, you know, there's other mattress stores around our viewing room and we do so much business. So now you're seeing how our products actually do uh, in comparison to, you know, the competitors that are basically within a two block radius of us. Um, so that's one part. I also want to make sure I mentioned the, the best part for, for uh, people who are, have businesses and their e-commerce and maybe they're con- contemplating the same thing. When you think about it this way, for me, only 21 percent that we, you know, we, we've done an unbelievable job I'm saying only 21 percent. But to go from zero to 21 percent in the Kager, by the way, since 2016 is like 60 percent a year. Uh, so e-commerce is accelerating. And, and I'm sure in three years, it'll be at 25 percent and five, six years, it'll be at 28, 31 percent, whatever it might be. Yeah, Well, I had a guest the other day who said in China, 50 percent of the commerce is e-commerce. 
and, yeah, uh, and, and we'll be heading that way for sure. Oh, yeah. But, you know, highly considered items like ours might be a little less than that. Mm-hmm. But let's just say it's in the, in the 30s, which is still a remarkable amount of business, right? At the end of the day for us, it's more about the, 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 the being able to brand efficiently. Think about it, right? If I go into a market where I don't have a viewing room and I spend all this money and the most I can get is 21% of the people, to buy online with a home trial, which I personally think is the right way to do it. But there's still people who just need to touch and feel. Now, when I put a viewing room in a, in a DMA, a, a designated marketing area, I can now go on television. I can now go on radio, do podcasts officially because now my TAM, right, my target, my, my, my addressable market mm-hmm. is now 100% of the folks because now I'm getting the people that buy e-commerce or people that like to touch and feel in the store. So now I'm going out this year and we're going to really start our campaigns on building our brand. And then again, think about it. When I, Like I said before, we've become experts online. So now when I start advertising Safa.com, they come online. We really know how to treat that customer, handle and capture that customer. Even on the viewing rooms, I insisted that on the marquee, we put Safa.com, which is really unusual. And like, you know, I had designers tell us that's the wrong thing to do. Brand people tell us it's the wrong thing to do. I said, no, we're doing that because I want everyone to know, even if they're coming to our brick and mortar four wall location, I want them to know we're an e-commerce first business because it signals to them that we are one, uh, efficient. Two, if you're driving by or walking by, just Google us. I want you to get to know us online, even even if you feel you have to come to a, a Well, viewer. Ron, I have to ask, you talk about your brand and where did you come up with your name? Because I know I'm always curious when people name products, the process that they go through. So where did the name come up? Because it's it's sure. certainly not a name that rolls off the tongue for most Americans, but I know it has a deep meaning for you. Sure. Uh, Jen Presley, our creative director at that time, um, came up with it after, you know, our discussions. I wanted to bring uh, truth and purity, basically, um, to the mattress industry. You know, phony sales were, were, were prevalent. Uh, you know, people getting stuck with the retailer blaming the brand, the brand blaming the retailer when they got you know, better warranty and the customer would get stuck in the middle. So I wanted to bring something different. Um, I wanted, uh, I wanted the, the name to have an S cause I believe we'd, we'd become the next generation S brand. I wanted it to have two syllables. Now that um, is like, a very specific request that it starts yeah. with an S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone always enjoys that. And that's, that was my partners and I, right from the beginning, we said, look, we have to be, we're going to be the next generation S brand. So we had two syllables. I wanted five or six letters, like a Serta, Sealy, Simmons, something like that, you know, like somewhere in that range. Um, I also wanted the name to be international. Um, not that I have no uh, plans to go international at this point. I see a billion dollars in revenue uh, in the next five years here in this country. But our name, you know, like when you think about, you know, the world is becoming very connected. Um, you know, kids from Asia and India coming here. I just felt, you know, this this name was cool enough. And people think I'm crazy because like it's hard to pronounce. But when I saw the logo, I thought it would look really cool. This is 10 years ago. I thought it would look really cool on a store in Soho. That was kind of how I said, all right, I like that. <laughs> uh, but also I felt it was international. And I feel that, you know, so much of the wealth and growth in this com- country, you know, it, it's American enough and um, cool enough looking. And then I felt, um, you know, I wanted to have something really international that would appeal to Asian and Indian markets. Ron, we couldn't agree with you more here at Disruptive CEO Nation. Our mix of of interviews are we try to make sure that 
40% come from outside the U.S. or are from people with multi-diverse backgrounds in business, because what you're saying is spot on. I want to jump back to... I just want to just say quickly, my office down in Austin, Texas, that's where the core of our engineering and digital product Uh teams are. Uh, I think we have about 120 people. We speak 26 languages. I love it. In that office with 120 people? And you said that's in Austin? In Austin, Texas, yeah. In Austin. We have have one in New York and one in Austin, yeah. Well, we're getting close to our time, but I have have two questions because I want to talk, um, I want to go just a little bit more and jump back to uh, the green initiatives within your company and your manufacturing process. But also when you bring up Austin, Texas, I want to talk about the things that are your give back passions in the world, because I, I know you have those as well. But you, at the beginning of the episode, you kind of rambled through very quickly about um, your your bio-based foam and, and the things that you put into your your products. So can you just expand on that a little bit more and, and why that was important as you built this brand? Sure. For my first company, uh, you know, uh, the tail end, we always thought, you know, uh, people loved eco-friendly, but they really weren't willing to pay a lot of money for it. And when I was building Sotfa and I was doing my raw materials analysis, which I meant to, mentioned early in this interview, um, you know, we had room and I just said, look, let's go, let's, let's, um, we were able to fit in and, and still have the margins that we needed to have a success, a successful business. Uh, we were able to take out some of the petroleum from the foams and, you know, replace it with soy and corn oil. Uh, I was able to buy recycled steel rod. Um, we were able to buy a natural fizzle. I, I did that instead of, um, uh, harmful chemicals that, that are sprays that a lot of mattresses had at the time. And we used, instead, we decided to use a, a plant-based natural fizzle for our flame retardant. And then the key was also uh, we wanted to have a fabric that had organic cotton in it, which we did. Uh, that later became antimicrobial organic cotton, which we're very proud of, particularly for today. It's great for today's consumer. Uh, you know, people are so into hygiene and, and obviously what's gone on in the last couple of years is that's even more of a, um, you know, a fit for us. Mm -hmm. And today we we have written over the last three years, uh, probably uh, over 600 articles. We've spent a fortune putting that out there, but great content on how health and wellness are tied to quality sleep. And I feel that we've democratized luxury. So we're giving this healthy eco luxury sleep uh, and we've broadened the base of customers that can afford to get it. And that's what Safa has done. No, I really, I really appreciate you giving just a, a little bit more into that. And there's so many more questions I could ask, but we, we are coming up on time. And I, I really do want to talk about um, the organizations that, because I know uh, charity and, and, and give back. And I suppose we should also let our listeners know you talked about the trial for the mattresses, um, you know, return mattresses never resold. Um, you have other things that you do with them, but, but tell us about your, your passions in life. Sure. Well, you know, my big one is I sit on the board of an organization called Pencil.org that connects uh, uh, New York City uh, children in underprivileged areas uh, to business where they might not get that look on a regular basis. And I do a tremendous amount of work with them. Uh, We also do work with Haka in Austin, another place where we have an office uh, just, you know, for uh, lower income families. We try to furnish them with uh, better sleep. Uh, particularly, my, my passion right now is really two things. One, it's children, um, both in education and also uh, getting them better sleep. Um, you and I both know if you don't have a good night's sleep and people take it for granted, sleep is an activity. You need to uh, treat it like if you're going to play tennis 
uh, a sport, go for your workout, go for whatever you're doing, you prepare, you stretch, you put on the right clothes. The same thing has to happen when you go to sleep. People who just fall asleep drooling at the mouth or they have too much, it, you know, you, to do that once in a while might be fun. I get it. But on a regular basis, the temperature of your room has to be right. It has to be dark. You, I like to take a warm shower. If you, you need a pillow under your leg, you got to wear the right clothes. You have to have the right sheets. Um, and you have to prep for it. Turn all your electronics off. I'm sure everyone's heard that already. Um, but you have to treat sleep like an activity and go after it just like you were starting a workout or anything else that you do. And if you do that, um, I think you're better. And for children, um, I can't even think of how it's terrible when you think about what some of these kids sleep on in, mm-hmm. in, in underprivileged, area, in underprivileged areas. And we want to try to help that. And the other thing and my other passion is obviously veterans. Um, anybody who fought for me to have this business that I have today in America, the way I operate and, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm under their umbrella. And if they have an issue, I'm here for you. Yeah, well, and I know you offer them a discount. Ron, it's been so delightful that you came in and shared your story and, um, and talk to us, to us about retail transformation and what's happening in e-commerce. If we come back and talk to you in two or three years, it's a very short time frame. Uh, you already kind of gave us a little bit of insight into where you're going. But if we come back and talk to you in two and three years, what's the dream? Uh, no, we'll have uh, probably two or three years. We'll probably have 40, uh, 40 or so rooms open in the country. We'll be somewhat of a household name in the premium market, premium market for uh, you know luxury mattresses. Um, and a brand that uh, that we'll be very proud of, um, that you know that behaves well. A brand is is has to behave well, and both on this on the on the cons- customer service end, um, image wise, um, how we operate, how we treat our employees. Um, so I just want to be that. We'll obviously be highly successful. We'll probably be in the at that point probably in the eight hundred million dollar a year range, um, and plans to also maybe be in other parts of the home. You know, we're starting to right now, we just started our upholstered bed business. Uh, we're getting into uh, bedroom chairs, bedroom benches. Um, so we're delivering furniture. We're getting into the uh, we're creating the world's best sofa bed mattress that converts into a couch. Uh, so other things like that will have, um, you know, uh, expanded the line a bit by then. The volume that I just said. And what most importantly, we'll be behaving very well as a brand and probably be a household name. Ron, thank you. If, if people want to know more, we've already given your website, but is there something else they should know or how can they reach out to you? I'm a very open guy. And uh, so Ron at SatchaMatches.com. Welcome to uh, take any um, email questions that anyone would have. Happy well, to discuss. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your story. And to our listeners, if Ron shared something that resonates with you, uh, please share a copy of this um, podcast episode with somebody in your network. As always, we love reviews. Head over to Podchaser or your favorite podcast channel and give us a review. Until then, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Ron, again, thank you so much. Thank you for your kindness. I appreciate it. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.